What's up, everybody? This is The Booch, and this shout-out goes to all of the members of The Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of The Booch Cast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right, the Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25, you can get a personalized video from me on Cameo. And it can be for any occasion that you want. You got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday? I'll make it happen. You want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college? I'll make it happen. Whether it's a happy holidays video, it can be a gender reveal, it can be somebody who needs some motivation, you want the boots to motivate you, or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with, I'll help make the breakup happen. Or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style. All you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch365. There'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the Boochcast from now till the end of time. Go there, book your video, customize it however you want. Let me know how you want it done, and I will make it happen for you. So go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Lutes. Vials. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now feel the sweet spark of connection if you don't screw up this moment somehow maybe you won't die alone don't be too needy or bring up your ex don't say the words her Simplex, don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now, he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genius speaking, I'm not that broke. Vinny, on a count of three, let's repeat what this card is. Nice. One, two, three. Boring. What the fuck was this? <laughs> I swear to God, I died of fucking boredom during this episode. Half oh the fucking time, we were goofing on our phones. It's like, can we end this place? 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 And there was not one, one single men's match on this card tonight. Now, was there? Uh, technically, there was two. The opening match and the main event. There was a bunch of women's matches in between. I mean, one-on-one. Okay, one-on-one. Yes, that's what no, we're... There was... Yeah, you gotta be specific uh, on yeah, that. Yeah, there, there was not one-on-one was... man's match tonight. And I'm like... Yes. Oh, what the fuck? Well, you see, that's why it sucked. Because there was a lot of women's wrestling. Women's I'm gonna let wrestling you have this. Go draw. ahead, man. Women's wrestling, it doesn't draw. Like I said, they put some of those women out there. Maybe two of them belonged in the ring. The rest of them belonged in the kitchen. Two of them were out there making money. The rest should have been in the back making me a sandwich. I usually say no. I'm gonna let you have this tonight. Take it away. Oh, so I get to keep going? You got more 30 more, more seconds because I gotta get home and get to bed because I gotta get up in the morning and go to work. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, the ginger has to go and wash the dishes. So, um, actually, that's perfect. After the women make the meals, Zach should clean up afterwards. Mostly because he's the expert. I trust him with the dishes more than I trust the ladies. I'm too tired and pissed off right now to even care for that insult, so... Oh, well. But, yeah, so, obviously, Gator throwing in his two cents. And, um, yeah, so, as we sit here exhausted from the day, because, uh, once again, we've had a long day of recording here. Um, we've done... We were finishing up, uh, two more episodes of, uh, Dark Side of the Ring the review of Dark Side of the Ring uh, before we did NXT. That's why our voices are a little uh, a little tired. But also, um, I was going to say one more thing before we jump into this recap officially. What's that? Getting old sucks. Literally, my back hurts like a motherfucker right now, ladies and gentlemen. It was a bitch to get out of the recliner, to get in these chairs, to do this audio recap. and I know uh, how you feel, trust me. Yeah, usually when we do NXT, we're full of energy and excitement. But we'll be honest, this pay-per-view drained us. I mean, this show drained us of all of our energy. It really did. Yeah. It was, it was physically draining. And I want to say I have a theory on this. I think it's the fact that last week's NXT was so star-studded and... Mm-hmm. Packed and yeah. so entertaining because they were desperately trying to destroy the Title Tuesday episode of AEW. But I think there was just so much excitement that this week just couldn't follow up. Now, I know the next two weeks are going to be the nights one and two of Halloween Havoc. And I'm hoping that those shows, that particular, you know, shows and stuff, I'm hoping that they will be able to get the excitement back up. So I'm hoping next week will be better. Well, the same thing happened after no, the, the, the NXT after No Mercy. It was boring and shitty as hell. Remember that? Yes, I remember. So, like, every time there's a really good card, the next Next car next week, even if it's a pay per view or a regular show, ends up sucking. Yeah, well, it ends up having boring moments because they're trying to rebuild from the excitement of last week. They can't. 
seem to top it, and that's just a fact. So we're going to kick things off here with our first official match of the evening. We had the Bada Bing Bada Boom Battle Royal with the winners to get a shot at the tag team titles next week on night one of Halloween Havoc. There was... Uh, Andre Chase and Duke Hudson from Chase U. We had the Creed Brothers. We had Los Lotharios. We had Hank and Tank. We've had Idris and o- Pretty much the whole fucking tag team division was in this match. So yeah, Zach- we're too tired to like um, say all the all the teams. But to start this uh, to start this off, this was one big bag of nuts. This was too much going on. And as soon as the match started, um, Damon Kemp and um, Drew Gulak get eliminated. And then all of a sudden, Hank and Tank get eliminated. And it was just too much was going the fuck on, wasn't it, Benny? Yeah, it was a lot to keep up, hard to follow, and that's the way it is with most battle royals, um, especially ones where there are people getting dumped out left and right. Although the one's one great moment with Ridge Holland where he took yeah, and yeah, 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 Blade yeah, yeah. and he dumped both them, one on one side, one on the other side, and just dumped both dumped them, them motherfuckers like a right out of the fucking ring. <laughs> was fucking beautiful. That was one of the most beautiful spots in all of, in all of the show. And then, of course, the Creed brothers, they eliminate Los Lotharios, but the rest are distracted with all the fuckery uh, going on outside. Um, that in the midst of everything, uh, Los Lotharios realize the rest are distracted because they're trying to get everybody sent to the back because a lot of the people don't want to leave and shit. So then Los Lotharios ends up eliminating the Creed brothers. And then as soon as they get thrown out of the ring, the referees see them hit the floor. So now they think the Creed brothers are no longer involved. They think they got eliminated, so now they're gone. And ends up coming down to Los Lotharios and Chase U. Now, the rules of the Bada Bing Bada Boom Battle Royal are it's a battle royal until we get down to the last two teams. And then they fight in a regular tag match Standard tag match to determine the winner. Now, of course, the whole time this is happening, Tony D and Stax are sitting up top in the crow's nest with their family surrounding them. Uh, They got the tag belts positioned right on the side of the table where you can see the tag belts clearly. As they're sitting there eating uh, some good Italian food, some pasta, spaghetti, and the meatballs are there, um, which I know Zach enjoyed because he loves mentioning meatballs anytime he talks about Italian, so I'm sure that was uh, fun for him to see. Um, you know, he, he likes to see balls, very much so. You know, he, he enjoys the balls, you know. You're lucky I'm too tired to hit you or insult you right now, so moving on. Yes, and you also want to ride home. So That we, is true as well. So, Fuck you, you asshole! So we, we go through this whole ordeal, and then we get to... To the standard match, we have Chase U teaming up to take on Los Lotharios. This was out here was a great opening official match. I mean, these guys beat the living shit out of each other. Um, uh, Andre Gazara, however you say these guys, they did it really good. And um, and then uh, during the match, you had uh, Jesse, uh had um, Thea Hale and who's the other person? Jesse Jane. Jesse Jane come out there and uh, pretend to be the uh, cheerleaders, which I was said they're gonna cost these uh, chase you chase you the match. Boy, was I wrong on that. The only thing that sucked out of this whole thing, they didn't do the chase you th- chant. Yeah, the thing where he does the stomp and he goes, "Give me a C, give me an A, yeah. give me an A, yeah. give me an A," and they yell the whole thing. Like, what does that spell? Chase you. Mm. That would have been fun to see. 
see. Uh, but I did like the Duke Hudson with the, the Dusty Rhodes flip-flop fly, and he has the Chase U thing to it. Taking out both guys I thought was great. Uh, Andre Chase deserves some props in this as well, because he was getting hit with everything but the fucking kitchen sink, and this some bitch was kicking out, kicking out, kicking out. There was so many times we thought this match was over, and Andre kicked out. Like, this was a bunch of false finishes, but they were done the right way. Because in order for a false finish to be successful, you have to believe this is the finish. That's what makes it false. So if you honestly believe in the back of your mind, this shit is over, that's what's a great false finish. Because Andre Chase is not known for kicking out of devastating moves, or any lot of moves for that matter. You don't see that ha often. So when he does that, it's holy shit. It's holy shit. You know, he had a DDT, kick out, roll up, kick out. The Liger Bomb, kick out. He was kicking out of everything left and right. And then eventually Brutus Creed comes down, distracts the referee. Julius attacks Garza. Chase then rolls up uh, Humberto for the 1-2-3. And Chase U wins the match. And now it will be Duke Hudson and Andre Chase versus the family next week for night one of Halloween Havoc for the NXT Tag Team Titles. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very good match right there. I saw this right here and I'm, I'm happy for, uh, for uh, Duke Hudson and uh, Andre Chase. Uh, chase you and I have to say uh, Garza and Abrito I can never say his name they put up a good fight didn't they not? they put up a very good fight yeah this was actually one of the only few things that we enjoyed tonight because everything else just plain fucking sucked well you know the reason it fucking sucked was because you know the Don was not competing in the ring but then again I wasn't gonna fuck up anything before the pay before the big show next week and as you know uh, that pasta was too good to turn down you know what I'm saying that great, that was a great moment. Stax and I just sitting up there having some good Italian food, checking out the competition. And I gotta tell you, man, Chase U, I'm excited for this. You know, I yeah. am too. I am too, Don. I am too. I am too. I was kind of yeah. jealous you eating that good food, but yeah. I got food left over there, and, and now it's nothing boiled. It's from the gas station. But anyways, wow, you. <clears throat> Yeah, see, Jerry Top taken from the gas station. I hear you. I, I know what it's like. I used to be poor just like you. Now I'm, but now as the Don, I make good money and I eat the fancy food. Someday, Cherry Top, so will you. Maybe one day I will. Maybe yeah. one day I will, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, we're going to take that school spirit, shove it right up his ass. Well, you think you think he's better than everybody because you go to fucking college? Hey, I come from the school of hard knocks. That's a harder place to fucking graduate. I 100% agree with you, sir. But yeah, so we're going to have some fun with Chase U. I'm excited to see this match. And uh, who knows, maybe Stax and I might uh, take those cheerleaders home and have a little bit of a rah-rah celebration of our own. You enjoyed that. Let me know how it goes. Oh, yeah. You know, Cherry Top, give me a C. Hey. Oh my god, this uh, fuck my own. This guy don't know how to fucking spell. Jesus Christ. C. Give me an H. H. Give me an A. B. Jesus Christ, this motherfucker <laughs> can't spell. A. Give me an S. W. You gonna do this all fucking night? So you you killing my fucking vibe here, Cherry Top. Trying to S. have some fun with your ass. Stupid fucking guy. Give me an E. D. I swear to God. <laughs> Vinny, you need to fire this fucking idiot. He's killing your fucking show here. This guy is fucking terrible. Jesus Christ. E. You gonna give me a fucking U now? Um, Z. Jesus Christ, this motherfucker. U. Oh, Cherry Tot, so what the fuck does that spell? Um, um, um. Fucking high school dropout. They're not um, a fucking spell. Um. Jesus Christ. Um, this is exactly why you fucking stay in school, kids, um, all right? Jesus Christ, this kid. 
Was it Chase U? Is that the right answer? Y- y- yes, d- you dumbass. That's exactly what the fuck it is. Okay. Oh, God, this guy. Chase U. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your fucking brains on drugs, okay? This is your brains on drugs. Stay in fucking school. You now have a reason right here. If you don't go to school, you end up like Cherry Top over here. And that's not good, ladies and gentlemen. The guy or you get- do stay in school and get a college education and still live home with mommy. First of all, I don't fucking live with my mom. I got my own fucking place. First of all, my mom just comes to fucking visit. I'm Italian. It's what we do. You understand? Mm, okay. Yeah. It's an Italian thing. You hear? Sure. I hear you. Oh, Jesus Christ. But anyway, like I said, next week's going to be Chase You Against the Family, but it's going to end the exact same way. In the end, the Don and Stax, we still going to be the tag team champs. We still going to run this fucking place. And eventually the Don will be the NXT champion sitting on top of the fucking mountain. That's a pretty small mountain. What you hating on NXT? You got a problem with the mountain on NXT over here? You're supposed to be the NXT guy. What kind of bullshit you trying to pull today? Trying to get on your nerves. Well, you're not. You just sounded fucking stupid. You're embarrassing You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing your podcast buddy over here. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I haven't figured that out yet. Oh, Jesus. My own government. I got to leave before I lose more fucking brain cells. I swear to God. Seriously, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, you just out of your... Oh, my God. I, I don't know if he's tired or just plain fucking stupid. I don't know right now, guys. This is... The show's going off the fucking rails. And so then we have an in-ring segment. We have good old Carmelo Hayes. Hayes reminisces about the amazing experiences he had last week with John Cena and The Undertaker. Baron Corbin interrupts and makes fun of Hayes for acting like a fan. Dijak interrupts and tells Corbin and Hayes they are focused on the wrong thing. They should be focused on what he's going to do to them. Hayes tells Dijak he will put him on a t-shirt. Dragunov appears on the Tron and says he'll be watching tonight. Dragunov announces that he asked Cody Rhodes for one thing before he left last week. Tonight's match is now a fatal four-way. Trick Williams' music hits. Everyone trades barbs. Hayes looks devastated. Dijak and Corbin make a big deal about Williams stabbing Hayes in the back by never even talking to him about this. Hayes says he isn't falling for it. He's willing to put anyone down to get his title back. Dijak specifically asks about Williams. Hayes and Williams stare daggers through each other. Corbin and Dijak attack Hayes and Williams. Hayes and Williams clear the ring. Hayes bows up like he's going to attack Williams while his back is turned, but he thinks better of it. This uh, this uh, little thing, this segment right here was actually really good. I mean, like I like the segment where um. Uh, Baron Corman insults Dijak's pants. Man, your pants look stupid. <laughs> was that, would he make fun of his pants or was that somebody else? They were making fun of pants. They were making fun of shirts and everything. And just, there was a lot of like, you know, grade school level insults in this promo. That's what I felt. Yeah, I did too. I mean, they were just trading insults back and forth, old school shit. And I'm eager to see what happens at, at, at this fatal fall away, Benny. I really, really do. Alright, and then of course after this we see Fallon, Henley, and Tiffany Stratton they're having some kind of argument backstage basically Fallon Henley's trying to um, you know, give some encouragement to the girls and Tiffany Stratton's coming out to you know, basically tell her, hey, remember I beat Fallon to advance and then Tiffany Fallon says, they shouldn't be like you, and they said, why? Because I'm successful and you basically get your nails dirty and everything else, or you know, basically calling her low class and stupid Uh, what was, okay I think I guess uh, Finn Hamm was just uh, telling the girls, this is what you need to do, Tiff Shutton, and she was, uh, Tiff Shutton, this is what you don't do, but Tiff Shutton had a very good point. She says, I was a champion, and you were not. I was, succe- I'm more successful than you. That's what she tried to say, and she was just being typical Barbie bitch, evil, spoiled brat, and family handling's like, okay, whatever you say, and because she didn't say anything, evidently, she's like, yep, that is true, basically. Well, basically what she was saying was, she wasn't saying she wasn't a champion, she said she was a main eventer. 
because technically Fallon Henley was one half of the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. So she was a champion. She just wasn't the women's champion, the top champion. Tiffany was. And Tiffany has obviously grown by leaps and bounds. She is clearly on her way to going to the main roster. But because she's a heel, storyline-wise, you're not supposed to want to be like her. You know, that that's kind of the point that Fallon Henley's making. But Tiffany's making the more valid point of, I'm a main eventer. I'm at the top. You should want to be like me because you want to get to the top of the mountain. Like, Fallon's doing the babyface route of you want to get there the right way and Tiffany's going the heel route saying get there by any means necessary because that's really the key thing that you want to do that's kind of what she's trying to explain here I can see that sir I can see that sir all right do you think and then we cut to we see Dominic and Nathan Fraser getting into an argument and they all end up brawling all throughout NXT as the referees are coming to break everything up and separate these two because it looks like there's going to be a war and you know obviously they go all over the damn place and I think they're trying to set up the possibility of I can't remember if it's going to be night one or night two maybe night two because night one's got a stats card enough already you got to leave some room for night two but they brawl all the way out to the ring they're fighting all over the place and I think that the goal of this is to have these two fight for the North American Championship the question is is Dominic going to lose the title to Nathan Fraser are they going to put the belt on him or is Dominic going to retain because now here's another confusing scenario that we're in and I got to address this because of the fact that everybody's cross promoting and on NXT nowadays we have a situation where last night on Monday Night Raw and I made by last night the time that we're sitting here recording this Finn Balor and Damian Priest won back the tag team titles Jimmy Uso who's not a Raw superstar interfered in this goddamn match and is now basically they're the tag team champions again so now they're back to being draped in gold. So now is Dominic going to keep the North American title since it's obvious they want to keep the Judgment Day draped in gold, yet for some reason they want them to lose the title on big shows and win them back on free TV almost immediately. I don't understand what Triple H is trying to get out of this. And look, I'm not complaining about short-term title reigns. I feel like we need more of them because I feel like everybody lately is holding the title for six months to a goddamn year. And after a certain point, it gets ridiculous, especially when you don't have much of a roster to work with. So I don't mind seeing short-term title reigns. I'm not against it. What I'm against is losing the title at a pay-per-view only to give the belt right back to the same person. Why? It makes no fucking sense. There's no logic in any of it. It's fucking stupid. They lost the tag belts. Damian Priest should be trying to cash in his money in the bank fucking contract, try to become the world heavyweight champion, because guess what? Eventually, that contract's going to expire. Now, he's still got some time, but I don't know what the fuck y'all are waiting for. What's he going to cash in at WrestleMania? Or at the Royal Rumble? No one knows. It's fucking retarded either way. Like, there's no logic in any of these storylines right now. I don't know what the fuck Triple H is doing. But now that's what it looks like here. They might be doing Dominic versus Nathan Fraser for the North American title. Probably at night two of Halloween Havoc. At least that's when it should be. Like I said, because we already got night one already stacked up, ready to go. We're all set. We don't need another match on night one because you stack the cards so much for night one. What the fuck are we going to see on night two? Or are you going to use night one to book something for night two, which would be fucking stupid. Yeah, very true, sir. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Another quarterfinal match. We have Carmen 
Petrovic versus Jada Parker. Meh. Very meh. meh. I didn't even know who these two women are. I mean, I thought Parker was going to win, but this Karma Chick uh, won instead, basically. I mean, it was just this typical boring-ass match. I didn't know who these two ladies are. The only thing that was good-looking was Carmen. Was Carmen's ass when you get to see that. That was the only really nice thing about the whole thing, right? And she comes, a white girl comes out with a samurai sword. Yes. Seriously? It should be Japanese, not American. Well, that's not true. I mean, Uma Thurman did have a samurai sword. There was a Kill Bill kind of thing. But it did yeah, look, yeah, you're right. But I did get a bit of a Lucy Liu vibe when I saw her with the sword, because I remember that scene when, um, and it, it made, it's a scene that I love in the first Kill Bill, mm-hmm. when Lucy Liu and um, Uma Thurman are having that final battle, and they're fighting in the snow. Mm-hmm. And at one point, she slices her back. Uma, uh, uh, Lucy Liu slices her back, mm-hmm. and she goes down, and it looks like she's dead. And then Lucy Liu goes, silly Caucasian girl likes to play with samurai swords. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that scene makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that right there. Then, then all of a sudden, shink, top of her forehead falls off and she falls down. That's by far one of the most bloodiest, goriest movies I've ever seen a day in my life. Even more bloody than Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, well, that part didn't happen towards the end. What happened was, I think she hit another move that wounded her, mm-hmm. and then that's when she kind of apologizes, and they start to respect each other, and then they continue, and then she cut off the top of her head, and that's when she died. Yeah, yeah. But, she, yeah. but they had to have they had like one final like you know sword fight round confrontation thing. Yeah. But that's what I was thinking when I saw her with the sword, like the city Caucasian girl who likes to play. Yeah, with yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do. You're gonna say that. I was like, I know exactly what he's gonna fucking talk about. The city <laughs> Caucasian girl thought she could play with samurai sword. So I was like, yeah, I remember that always makes me laugh. It, it does. I'm sorry. Just the way Lucy Liu delivers that line, yeah, is so yeah. fucking funny. So that's what I kind of enjoyed about that. Mm-hmm. But. Then um, I will say the match itself, it was good. It wasn't exciting. Yeah, it wasn't like this. This was a very basic match. You know, there were some movies where, you know, Parker stuns um, Petrovic's arm on the top rope. She's screaming in pain or she lays in a few Parker laid in a few shoulder blocks to her to the shoulder. So I like it because she's working the arm. Parker did a lot to work the arm which is very basic in wrestling, so basic that people forget to do it. That's really what was happening. She's working that arm. So Parker is showing that she knows how to work and she can do basic moves. Because you need to know the basics before you do advanced shit. That's why they have introduction classes before you have the intermediate and the advanced classes. If you haven't taken the intro class, you ain't gonna know what the fuck to do when you walk in that advanced class. It's key, you know? So that's what I loved about it was just the way she worked in that match. And then eventually... uh. Carmen trapped Parker in a chokehold, and that's how she got the win. Yep, that's the very true. And I think uh, uh, Carmen's mom was there, too, cheering her on, too. Yes, they were trying to make that interesting to have you know, wasn't. people in the crowd. I mean, it wasn't. Like, the match was boring. I'm sorry, but this was boring as shit. Boring as shit. It wasn't interesting. But, again, like Zach was saying, we he doesn't know who these women are. Technically, that is the point of the breakout tournament. We don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. That's why they have to establish a character. That's why they have those interviews beforehand to kind of talk about who they are. Because the purpose of that is to, they're trying to educate us on who they are. That's the point of a breakout tournament is to learn who each woman is, what is their gimmick, who are you, and why should I care? That's really what it is. Basically, basically. Yeah. Whether you're a heel or a babyface is irrelevant. Who are you and why should I care about you? That's the key thing they're trying to do here. Now, like I said, the match was very boring. And as a result of that, it was hard to keep our attention. But they did have a decent match. So I'm not going to say they, they don't suck. No, they don't suck. They just weren't exciting. Mm, yeah, I wasn't excited at all. 
And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Tegan Knotts getting ready for the match. And next thing we know, Natalia shows up backstage, who apparently wants to be showing her support for Tegan Knox, and she had her back last night on Raw for whatever fucking reason. She was just basically there to uh, just to have her back to, to hype her up. Just, I guess, to, just to be a friend, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't either. I don't know the point. Me neither. I mean, was the goal of this to move the needle or generate ratings? Because, first of all, if that was the goal, you should have advertised it in advance. And second of all, and I know we're going to get heat, we're going to get letters for this, but uh, Natalia does not draw ratings. No, she does not. And it sucks that she doesn't because she used to be so good. Well, yeah, but she suffers from the heart family curse. That is true. You know, great in the ring, but no personality of any kind. So, like a robot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's from a recording we did earlier today, so you guys aren't going to get that. But when you see the Bash of the Beach 2000 review video, you're going to like it. That is true. Very accurate. So, on that note, we're going to move on now to the next match of the oh, evening. Oh, for fuck's sake. We got Lyra Valkyra one-on-one against Tegan Knox with Natalia. Boring as shit. Am I right or am I wrong? You're right. What I like to say, this dragged ass, didn't it? Yes. And it just kept on going on and on and move after move after false finish after false finish after false finish. And in the end, Lyra Vakira won and rightfully so. But in the uh, but during the match, we had Chelsea Green and uh, Piper Niven. Piper Niven come out there just talking shit and everything else. And then all of a sudden, um, after the ma- after the match, uh, Natalia and uh, Tegan Knox took care of them, and Lava Carey calls uh, calls out, uh, uh, start talking crap about Becky Lynch. You're my hero. I love you. And then it was like, don't worry, I have a lot of respect for you, but we're gonna tear the roof off next Tuesday. That's basically what it was. Yes. Now the match itself, again, this was a match where it didn't necessarily suck. It just wasn't interesting. That that's the that's really the thing. That's really the issue with the majority of the women's matches that took place on this card. They weren't shitty matches. They just weren't exciting. Now this match was at least advertised. So it had a little bit of excitement to it. And of course, you know, they trade submission holds and roll-ups. So there's a lot of good wrestling here. Um, I did like the uh, the head kick by Valkyria. I think that's going to be her, her finisher going forward. And I'd like to see that. Uh, Knox using the molly go-round I thought was a good move. Um... You know, Valkyria going for the crossbody, Knox turning it into a fallaway slam with a bridge for a near fall. I thought that was a very good fucking move. So there were a lot of good moves in this match where every now and then you're like, holy shit. But in general, it was hard to keep up. Because just, you know, like I said, there was just no excitement. Natalia added nothing to this match. Really, the only good that came out of Natalia being there is the possibility of advertising a women's tag team title match in the future. Because Chelsea Green and Piper Niven are the tag champs now due to uh, one of the girls getting injured. I can't even fucking remember. It was so far back. And the women's tag titles have been so, like... Again, these belts are fucking useless. Can we just get rid of them? They're paperweights. They're not benefiting the women's division anyway. None at all. Although, since this is the first time I've actually brought up Piper Niven on NXT, I would like to extend a sincere thank you to Triple H for giving her back the name Piper Niven and getting rid of that dewdrop bullshit. Yeah. About fucking time. About time. I I hated the fact that they 
called a dewdrop and fucked her gimmick like that. Because Piper Niven already had a great gimmick. Piper Niven is an incredible worker, and she could easily become a women's champion in WWE. Easily. Yeah, yeah, she could. She could, but look what they're doing. But we'll see what happens in the future, sir. Well, right now, they're giving her a tag title run with Chelsea Green. It's not too bad. But like I said, the women's tag belts aren't really special. But I think they're going to plan on having Natalia and Tegan Knox face Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. The question is, are they going to do it at Crown Jewel or are they going to do it at Survivor Series is the question. Or Crown they... Jewel would be better because it's the tag team, women's tag team chap- title, so I don't know what they're going to do. Well, and the reason I say that is because, you know, like you said, Saudi Arabia has been very lenient with uh, women's matches. So they could easily have the women's tag title match there is just that, bear in mind, they're going to be seriously covered up. That's the only catch. Yeah, so, that's true. Which isn't bad. No, you know, not. it's not bad. It's Again, it's another country. It's their culture. They're at least allowing the women to wrestle. So I think we should be grateful for that. That is very, very true, sir. But either way, Lyra, after the match, she gets the mic. And she basically talks about, you know, she wants to beat Becky Lynch. She respects Becky Lynch. She's worked hard for this opportunity. And then Becky Lynch shows up on the screen and says that from day one, when Lyra came in, Becky was wanting to face her. And he said, it's not because I want to see two Irish women fight in the main event of a pay-per-view or TV event and make history. It's because you're really that good. But she said, I respect you, but... As good as you are, I am better, and I'm going to prove it. And she said, if you really want this title, you're going to have to despise me. You're going to have to want to beat me because I make sacrifices for this title. I leave my child sitting at home because I want her to see me on TV and be proud of me. And you stand in the way of that, which is why I have to beat you. Welcome to the big time. And it's like, I loved this fucking promo. That was a very, very good promo from both of the ladies. It was actually a very good promo, but Becky's was a little bit better, I think, though. Well, it was because Becky... Becky's better on the mic, but also because Becky's making a point. Like, this is not just about, oh, two Irish women fighting in a match. She's like, that's not why I picked you. And I like that because that's the thing. WWE is going to make light of shit like that. Like, oh, this is the first time two Irish people have fought for this championship or this is the first time two black people have main evented this match or this is the first time a gay person has been in this ring. Like, they say that shit to appease liberals. I'm sorry, but that's the only people that get excited over dumb shit like this. That is true. But it's like, no, I'm not doing this so we can have an Irish tradition. It's because I want to face someone who's that damn good. And Valkyria, you're that damn good. Because here's the thing about most athletes that people are going to have time, a hard time understanding. They're not out there to be the best Irish person. They're not out there to be the best black person. They're not out there to be the best gay person. What do they have to do, Vinny? Be the best person, period. Very true. And also to make money, too. So that's also a point. But that's what I'm saying. Like, she's not out... Becky Lynch doesn't go out there to be the best Irish female wrestler. She wants to be the best female wrestler, period. Whether she's Irish, whether she's black, whether she's a lesbian, whether she's... Italian or whatever. She wants to prove she's the best. And that's why she wanted Valkyra because she respects her. But she's making it clear just because I respect you does not mean I'm going to go easy on you and it doesn't mean I'm going to lay down for you. When that bell rings, you're getting the man. You're getting the top of the female food chain. And Lyra Valkyra has to take that seriously. You can't walk in there just happy to be there and honored to share the ring with Becky Lynch. You got to go out there like, I want to tear this bitch's head off and I want to take her fucking title because I deserve to be champion and you don't deserve a fucking thing. That's the mindset you need to have to go in that match. And it's the mindset you want to have because then you're going to get the very best. 
So sometimes, if you got somebody who idolizes you, sometimes you got to give them a reason not to so you can get the very best out of them. And sometimes that's what you do. Like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna do all the things I got to do. I'm going to degrade you. I'm going to humiliate you. I'm going to embarrass you. I'm going to verbally eviscerate you because I want you in a mindset of I want to kill you, not that I love you and I respect you. Because when you have that killer instinct and that mentality, it brings out the best in you. That's why so many times when you see competitors go out there and kill each other, every now and then they do the handshake thing because that's the moment where you realize, okay, you are a badass. Yeah, you beat me or you almost beat me or shit, you know? That's why you see those handshakes. That's why like Dragunov and fucking Carmelo when they shook hands after their match. It's because they went to fucking war and in the end, respect was earned. So that's the kind of match you want to have. And now this match draws money. Although in this case, it's TV. So it's not really drawing money, but it's drawing ratings. And Becky Lynch making it clear they're the main event of night one of Halloween Havoc, which I pretty much already know now. Yeah, it's going to be the main event. Except it's a woman's title. Well, not going to do a Mick Carter opening bout. Well, no, it's not going to be that. It's not just the fact that it's a women's title. Because a women's title doesn't mean shit. No offense. But it's the fact that Becky Lynch holds it. So Becky doesn't have to tell, keep telling people it's the main event. We know, Becky. You're Becky fucking Lynch. You're main eventing everything. We get that. If you're on a show and you're wrestling, you are the main event. We've, we That's already established. Because you're the biggest star on there. She is. She, that is very, very true, sir. And then we cut to the backstage area. So now we have the confrontation that we've been waiting for <laughs> between Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Now that we know Trick just got added to this match. And of course, Melo is upset about being blindsided. That's right, he should be. Yeah. And of course, Trick said, hey, I talked to John Cena and he said, hey, man, you got to know when your time is now and you got to go for it, man. Time waits on nobody. And he got advice and that's why he went and got the opportunity for this house shot. And he said, look, I apologize. I should have talked to you first. I should have cleared it with you. And Carmelo said, you know, I've always been your biggest supporter, man. He said, well, I was scared. You know, I didn't think you'd let me be involved or whatever. And he said, look, we still trick Melo gang. And Carmelo said, look, yeah, we're still trick Melo gang, but you got to understand now that we got to go against each other, I got to do what I got to do to get back my NXT title. Now, and you can tell from the look on Carmelo's face, even with the smile, you can tell he's not happy Trick inserted himself into this match. Yeah, I could definitely say that. I could definitely see he's like, motherfucker, you blindsided me. We'll see what happened because in the, uh, he says like, well, every man for himself. He could, uh, in the match, he could, uh, maybe he pins, um, Trick Williams, the one, to t- uh, one number one contender set. Carmel Hayes pins Trick Williams. Something will happen to that Trick Williams might get pissed. Yeah, or Trick pins Carmelo and he gets a shot. There we go. That, that's the guy to understand now. It's every man for himself in this match. You got to go out now. What makes it different in his case, though, is they're saying in advance, look, when we go out to that ring, it's every man for himself, and Melo's making it clear. I got to do what I got to do. So whatever it takes, I'm winning this match, but I'm being a man, and I'm letting you know up front what I'm intending on doing. So don't get shocked if I take a cheap shot or I do what I got to do to win. Because I'm making it clear to you, I'm doing what it takes to win. And that is the difference. In these type of matches, is every man for himself or woman. Yeah. And then we cut to another section of the backstage area where we see uh, Gigi Dolan. Because earlier, Blair Davenport was talking to Gigi about, you know, is this how you want our rivalry to end? Is this how you want our feud to end? Or do you really want to face me at Halloween Havoc? 
Gigi accepts the challenge, but then decides to do spin the wheel, make, make the, deal. the deal. She says Halloween is her favorite holiday of the year. Halloween Havoc is her favorite event, and she wants to up the stakes. So she pulls over this uh, you know, sheet down, and we see the wheel with all the matches on it. She yep. spins it, and it lands on the lights out match, and she says, next week, it's lights out, bitch. Okay, we'll see where this goes. Lights Out match. I guess that's basically just a hardcore match, but a different name. I don't know. It's it, Lights Out match is very hard to gauge. Because it can mean one of two things. It can either mean the lights are out during the match. Like they just cut the power or some shit. Or it could be a match where you win by knockout and anything goes. Mm-hmm. So you have to knock out your opponents. I think that was it. Because the first time I saw a Lights Out match ever was The Rock versus Booker T in like 2001. Right around the early years of when The Rock and Booker T were feuding over the WCW title. Because mm-hmm. it was still called the WCW title at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I kind of felt like maybe it's going to be that kind of match. But here's the issue that I have. Why are we spinning the wheel, making the deal the week before the event? Let's do it at the event. I'd rather do that because that's what's supposed to make it exciting. Seeing Shotzi spin the wheel or Scarlett spin the wheel. I don't like when the wrestlers themselves spin the wheel. I don't like that. I feel like the host should be spinning the wheel. That way it doesn't look biased, doesn't look impartial. It looks, un, uh, you know, it looks like it's fair and impartial is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I can see that right there. I, I like that better. I don't like when the wrestlers do it themselves. It, it's just a nitpick thing of mine, you know. I, I But either way, I'm excited to see what the Lights Out match will be like next week at Halloween Havoc. Yes, sir. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. We've got some more ladies action. Kiana James, one-on-one against Shot. Do you enjoy this right here? Um, is it sexist if I say no? No, not really. I mean, this was the one, that I, again, another uh, boring-ass match. The only entertaining thing was Shotzi. Yes. That's the only thing. When she screamed at, at, at the, with a weird hairdo, and I'm sorry, but Shotzi looks kind of hot to me. Well, yeah, that's because she has a punk goth look to her, and that shit turns you on. I mean, okay. <laughs> it, it's not that I hate. It's just that, first of all, the blue lipstick is fucking creepy as hell. I don't like that shit. Uh, I don't mind at all. Uh, you look at this point. You don't look. You don't look punk rock. You look almost like a fucking clown. You look like you look like you just blew a Smurf. What the fuck am I watching here? We're gonna get letters. We're gonna get letters. Tell me when I'm telling lies. <laughs> You're not lying. Sue him, not me. He has more money than me. Since when? (laughs) Fuck. Back in the day, not lately. He can have his car. Really? (laughs) Take my car. Okay, Zach, here's a bright idea. Here's a good question. Um, If if they take my car, Mm -hmm. how the fuck are you going to get here? How the fuck are you going to get home? And who are you going to call when you need a ride somewhere? The Ghostbusters? I can't even be mad. That was a great answer. You walked into that one. I did. I wa- <laughs> It's Halloween. I walked right into that shit. Slap Andrew. There, there you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. He's calling the Ghostbusters, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. The Ghostbusters are now doing Uber on the side, apparently. Ain't no ghost. Bullshit. Mr. I won't go to Lake Lanier at night. Oh, I can't I go. There's a lady in the lake. Oh, my God. A lot of people won't, not just because of the lady in the Oh, you big pussies. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Shotzi hit a senton for the win. and of course Rightfully Roxanne, so. And, of course, uh, there was a brick in Kiana James's purse. Roxanne Perez came out and took the brick out of the purse. And Shotzi won the match. Yes, she did. Yay, go team. Go team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then we cut to the backstage area. We see Trick Williams knocked out. 
apparently got attacked. Uh, the referees show up. Carmelo Hayes shows up trying to check to see if he can get some help. And now we're trying to figure out what's going on with Trick Williams. And apparently we find out he's being transported to a local hospital. He is now taken out of the main event. And it goes back to being a triple threat. Boo! I'd rather see a fatal four-way than a triple threat, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, that's what got us excited was seeing the fact that Trick Williams could get a shot at the NXT Championship. Yeah, that is very true. But I was like, okay. You know, the funny thing is, I think Carmelo Hayes was the one to take out Trick Williams. A lot of people are saying that. Yeah, I was like, wait, you were there. And I'll, I'll, you were there, standing over him right there. So we'll see what happens next. We see what we'll see what happens next week. They're gonna show you who attacked uh, Trick Williams. Yeah. See the Carmelo Hayes or the two behemoths in the ring later tonight, Die Jackson, Barrett Corbin. Well, here's the uh, issue here. I don't think it's gonna happen necessarily at Halloween Havoc. I mean, it's because the match is taking place on night two, the NXT Championship match. So there, that's not gonna happen next week. And thank God, because they've already stacked this next week's card up enough as it is. But it's gonna be at night two. Ilya Dragunov made that very clear. So they're they're main eventing night two. Whoever wins this match. But the key thing is with this match is is Trick gonna come out at Halloween Havoc and reveal what happened, or will he come back the following week and talk about it? Because by then. Trick will be off TV for two weeks if he misses both days of Halloween Havoc. That's more than enough time for Trick to recover because, yeah, he was attacked, but he wasn't, like, seriously injured, you know. Donkey had, you know, he just couldn't wrestle that night. So, after two weeks of being gone, they can conduct the investigation and find out who attacked Trick Williams, and then they reveal maybe it was Carmelo Hayes. Because they feel like this could be similar to, like, when, uh, you know, Big Cass attacked Enzo Amore and then broke that team up. Because it looks like they're going to do a Trick-Melo breakup. And Carmelo's probably going to go heel. Which would make sense for two reasons. One, Carmelo is a phenomenal heel. That is true. He's all, he's a great babyface too. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't do babyface, but he is great as a heel. And Trick is way too fucking over to go back to being heel. That is uh, very true as well. Trick is a, Trick needs to stay babyface because he is riding a good wave right now. And I feel like that could lead to that. Now, the question though is, at Halloween Havoc, does Carmelo Hayes win back the NXT title? Because here's what I'd like to see happen. This is how I would book this. I'd have Carmelo win back the NXT Championship. No disrespect to Dragunov, but I'd have Carmelo win it back. It's revealed that he's the one that attacked Trick Williams. So now you build a feud, and here's what you do. At deadline in December, mm -hmm. Trick Williams, Carmelo Hayes, NXT Championship. Ooh, that'll be good. That'll be very interesting to see, that invisibility. That'll and, be very good to see. But here's the kicker. What? At deadline, mm -hmm. Trick goes over. Ah... And they then, have Dye Jackson's special guest referee. No. No? Okay, at least I'll put it No, who you have as a guest referee? Who? Dragunov. That's what I said. No, he's a Dijak. Oh, shit. Dragunov. I mean Dragunov. I didn't mean Dijak. Oops. Two. Yeah. <laughs> Dragunov is the guest referee. Uh. And then, in the end, Trick Williams wins the title. Mm -hmm. And then, maybe Melo gets a rematch. Something happens, I don't know. But after that, by the time you get to the Royal Rumble, I think uh, Melo needs to be called up. We call up Carmelo Hayes. And then Trick runs solo with the NXT title until it's time for him to drop it to whoever. Maybe at some point you give it back to Dragunov. I don't know. But maybe Baron Corbin takes it from him. But I feel like that could be a good way to get Trick going because Trick is over. So let him have a run with the title. Doesn't need to be a long one. Doesn't need, but I would have Melo win the title back and have him and Trick go for the belt at deadline because to me that's money. That is money. And then maybe put Dragunov in the Iron Survivor Challenge. Because they're bringing back the men's and women's Iron Survivor Challenge. So I would put him in that match. So I, that's what I would do. I'd have Melo win at Halloween Havoc. And then at Deadline, 
have Trick beat Mello for the title. Very, very true, sir. We'll see what happens, sir. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. Another match in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. The last quarterfinal match. The last of many women's matches on this card. Thank God. Ariana Grace, one-on-one against Brinley Reese. Ariana Grace is a gimmick, gimmick ceiling motherfucker. She's stealing gimmicks. She's stealing gimmicks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a second. I need to return. Did Ginger say there's someone that is stealing gimmicks? Yeah, yeah, investigator. Ariana Grace is uh, stealing the gimmick from uh, Madison Rain. Because Madison Rain did the same type of thing. Came out there like the prom queen with the flowers, waving everybody around. Benny's still in the room. Am I right or am I wrong? Madison Rain did do that to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, although technically, if if you if we're really gonna get technical on this, the there's a lot of women that have done that gimmick though. Like uh, for example, Molly Holly in WCW when she was uh, Miss Madness '99. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that was Molly Holly. Ah. She was in WCW for a while. Oh, no, she no, had no, a no. run. She was the Miss Madness '99 because Macho Man came out with um. He had three women when he came back in '99. Mm-hmm. He had he, he was still the same Macho Man. He's had a little bit of a different uh change with his gimmick. He had three women. One was Medusa, mm-hmm. who we all know is Alundra Blaze. Uh-huh. Number two was Miss Madness '99, who we found out later was Molly Holly. At the time, she wasn't. Molly Holly, so we didn't really quite was aware of that. And then the third was a girl who went by Gorgeous George. <laughs> um, not to be confused with the male wrestler Gorgeous George from the olden days. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, is there a wrestler named Gorgeous George? There was, there was a guy who did that many, many years ago in the olden days of wrestling. Like the golden age? Yeah. Like, uh, no, 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 like old, like really, really old school. Like really, 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 really old school. Black and white grandpa and grandparents? That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Oh, like uh, okay. Wrestling on black and white TV yeah. and, you know, territory shit, like that Gorgeous George. Yeah, okay, I got you. I like got you, during the day, like he was around during the days of like the Buddy Rogers era and shit oh, like that. Jeez, holy shit! But this one was Buddy a girl. Rogers. This was a girl named Gorgeous George, who apparently at the time Macho Man was dating for a shoot. That was a shoot girlfriend of his. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they broke up eventually, but um, and Macho Man ended up marrying his high school sweetheart because they reconnected, and that's who he was married to um, at the time that he died. Okay, okay, I got you. You know, so Macho Man went through a fair share of relationships there, but um. But yeah, so so Molly Holly had that gimmick, and of course we all know Miss Elizabeth was the original with the the the, the, the tiara and the sash and everything else and the nice prom like dresses because she was like the first lady of wrestling because she conducted herself as a lady and as a professional and she was a valet and one of the one of the original all time great valets. That's very very true. But to go back to the match. Yes, one please. word. Sucked. Don't mean one second, it was just boring as shit. It was bad. It was bad. Vinny? <coughs> yeah. May I? Go ahead. Was it bad? No, it was sad. We did that a lot today, haven't we? Too many times. <laughs> That's probably why my voice hurts. <laughs> probably too. I'm fucking exhausted. Good goddamn. Hey, we 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 put hey, we've been putting in work, man. We are we earned we earned this today. I, I was I was leaving the morning. When are you gonna be back? I go. Um, probably not till around 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. What do you do? Talk to shit and record stuff. Then he goes, oh, you're doing your podcasting. I was like, yes and no. We're just recording a bunch of shit today. Well, we were, we were doing the podcast today. We're doing we, the podcast. We had, we had two videos for yeah. the YouTube channel, and then we shot that. We've been putting in a lot of work because we got a lot of content to cover. Yep. Now, I'm the one that's got to... Now, keep in mind, I'm the one that's got to sit and edit all this shit. <laughs> Zach's just recording. Have fun editing. Yeah. So we, we're, try, we're trying to use utilize the fact that he has a Tuesday because 
Zach technically has two days off from work each week. Monday and Tuesday. But he likes to have at least one day to himself, which Monday. is usually Monday. He likes to have his Mondays to relax and drink and do whatever the fuck he's going to do. And then on Tuesdays, he comes over here to record. Uh, one thing that when it comes to drinking, say you're able to watch Netflix, take a hot bath, and have a couple alcohol drinks. Vinny, let me tell you something. It feels pretty fucking good. Is it safe to drink in the tub? As long, yeah, as long as you don't have it up to here. I have... I, 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 I can't pass up to my legs or up to my sock. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I'll be like, so what if you like, I'm not hammered drunk in it. I might have one or a half of one in there because the hot water's so hot. And it makes you like, okay, time to get out. I start sweating. My glasses start falling off my head. And everything. It's okay, time to get out. The only reason why I do that after work is my legs hurt so bad. My back hurts so bad. And the hot water, you go, Ugh, it feels so good. I haven't taken a bath in forever, but usually I've done it when like when I would like break out in like hives and shit or like the pollen was really bad. Um, I would um I I would soak in the tub. Um, I did that. Actually, did that once at WrestleMania mm-hmm. in Miami. Like, I had, oh like, yeah, when I had the pollen breakout. Yeah, I remember that. I remember we had to drive to a gas station. Um, I had to get. A, I'm literally sitting on the curb like a homeless guy, and I'm like chewing up these um fucking uh Benadryls. At the time, I couldn't swallow pills yet. Now, obviously, I can because when I was eating the car, that was the thing I had to overcome with swallowing. So I had to, I'm swall- so I'm like chewing up these pills. I'm chugging water, trying to get myself better. Then finally, I got in the car, and then I had this uh, bag that I had with me that I brought just in case this shit happened. Mm-hmm. And I literally broke it out, put it in the tub. And while Jerry and Steven were watching the TVs, we just got back from WrestleMania itself. And I just got my, my I just got in the tub in the hotel and just soaked. How'd it feel? Um, Weird at first, but felt better after like a few. I I, I, I I did not get out of there until I felt completely healed from it all. Yeah, I hear and then that. eventually, and then eventually everything calmed down, and by Monday I was fine. Okay, I mean, yeah, this match was short, sweet. Andre Grace wins. Yeah, stealing bitch. It, it was weird, like, um, because apparently Jakara Jackson was injured, so she couldn't compete. So Ariana originally thought she was gonna get a bye into this into the next round. But then they decided, well, Brinley Reese is here. Uh, she ain't fought nobody that mm-hmm. I remember. So they decided to bring her out to replace her. But in the end, Grace uh, raked the eyes, hit a modified suplex, and got the win. And it was great. Like, Grace was also good because she was escaping a slam, hitting a series of suplexes. Again, this is basically the women showing they can do basic shit and work. Mm-hmm. That's why the match wasn't as great because it was very, very basic, which sometimes works. But here's the thing. A basic match only works... If you have the charisma to go with it. If you just go out there and wrestle, it's not as interesting. Like, Hogan could go out to the ring and have a basic match. But it worked because of his psychology and his charisma. Like, he would be a guy that could drop an elbow, but then he'd be, like, getting the crowd amped up. Or when he would hit, like, a simple big boot. But then he'd cup the hand and get the crowd going crazy before he dropped the leg. Like, you gotta have that charisma to go with it in order to get the crowd livened up. So that's why these matches were boring. It was just simply fucking boring. Boring. It was yeah, boring. It was that's boring. all it was. And then we cut to the backstage area, and we see uh, Braun Breaker being interviewed. Um, and then, of course, uh, Robert Stone confronts him because earlier we saw visions of um, Von Wagner and the fact that he's reco- trying to recover from the head injury and learning how to walk again, doing all this other stuff. And he gets mad at Braun about the fact that, you know, he's just living life as if nothing ever happened, you know, hanging out with Cena, hanging out with The Undertaker, you know. And, and meanwhile, my kids are devastated because they don't know if Von's going to be okay, and I can't tell them. 
an answer because I don't know. This is all your fault. Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to I want to smack that smile off your face. I would love to do it. And Brian said, fine, do it. Do something about it. He goes, fine. You and me and Halloween Havoc. And then he kind of pauses. He goes, then, oh, shit. Like, me and my big fat mouth. Like, what did I just do? And Brian <laughs> said, that's a good idea. Because I'm going to put you in the hospital right next to Vaughn. So now it looks like at some point, whether it's next week or the week after, hopefully in two weeks. Because mm-hmm. like I said, they've already stacked yeah, the cards this week. Let's have uh, Robert Stone versus Braun Breaker. Vinny, let's take off our hats and put it off our head, over our hearts. Let's have a moment of silence for um, Mr. Robert Stone. Okay, back to the newscaster. <laughs> that wasn't very long at all. <laughs> but um, yeah, and here's the thing. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this match. I'm, I'm going to see where if Mr. Stone can actually do what he does. Can he? I've never seen him wrestle. Can he move in the ring pretty well? Here's the thing. Mm. He can move very well in the ring. Because some of you might not know this, and Zach, you might not remember. Mm. But um, Robert Stone in TNA mm-hmm. was Robbie E. Oh, really? Remember at, when we did the payback show? The yeah, guy that, that was him. The guy that wrestled Scott Steiner. Oh, okay. That was the guy that wrestled Steiner. Running around all the ring. When the, when the little kid chased him? Yeah. That was him. Oh, okay. That's him. Okay, fact, I remember Robbie Here's the funny part. The day of that show, mm-hmm. we had to book him two separate flights. Oh, really? One, we had to book him a one-way plane ticket to Georgia, mm-hmm. and then we had to book him another ticket from Georgia to, to Orlando. Because uh. he, he was leaving, he left the payback show to go to Orlando for a tryout with WWE. Ooh. So we arranged to get him down there. Now he had to pay for his flight back to Jersey. Yeah. We didn't we didn't cover that. But he just said, hey, cover my flight to Orlando and I'll worry about getting back there. Okay. And we said, okay. So we had to book him two one-way flights. Okay. To get him to where he needed to go. Was he a nice guy? I want to say yes. Okay. I didn't get a chance to really talk to him. Me neither. But I will say he is professional. Okay. And the way he handled working with that kid, my respect for him went up from that. Yeah, well, but didn't he also say that he actually has kids himself too? So maybe that was a well, thing. Well, yeah, but also because Robbie E. was the heel in the match. Yeah. And th- and, be- and also you got to keep in mind this was an indie show. True. This wasn't a, this wasn't a televised event. So you're able at an indie show, and this is what a lot of AEW guys can't seem to grasp. At an indie show, you're able to get away with a lot more because it's indie. Mm. You can have fun and be a little bit goofy. Not a lot goofy, but a little bit. But when you're doing TV, primetime TV and pay-per-views, you want people to take the business seriously. But when you're a heel, you can get away with certain things that a babyface can't. A babyface could not do what Robbie E. did at that payback show. Mm. Because if you did do that, you would never work again. Because you you would be an embarrassment. But a heel is allowed to be a coward. And that's an art form that a lot of heels today can't seem to grasp. Is you can be the chicken shit heel and you can get away with it. It actually gets the baby face over the quickest way. To be like, no, please, don't kill me. Please, I'll do anything you want. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Like, Paul Heyman's great at that. Like, Paul Heyman will cut promos and eviscerate you. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. I'm just an advocate. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Like, verbally, he'll get in your face, but the second shit gets physical, he's a coward. Remember that one of the biggest brawls on Raw of all times between Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker? You did this, Undertaker! You did this, Undertaker! You hear the dog, you see, oh, crap. And so they go, whoa, 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 hold on, man, I'm sorry. It's I'm just an advocate, and... Brock comes out and oh, they have I a big mean, fight and they that, split everything that up. That was one of the, probably my favorite bra of all time. I'm gonna kill you! You're gonna have to! They got intense. 
It was fucking great. Out of all his all his rivals, Undertaker, um, Brock Lesnar's best rival was the Undertaker by far. Definitely one. Yeah. I don't know if I would say the best, well, but the, definitely one. Yeah. What, Kurt Angle was better? Kurt Angle was definitely better yeah. because both of them were amateur guys yeah. and could wrestle like that. That's yeah. why I love their main event at WrestleMania 19. Oh, that was so good. But, yeah. I'm surprised the thing, Brock Lesnar did die from a shooting star plus. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now, they brought Robert Stone in as a manager. Now, if they wanted him to wrestle, like really fucking wrestle... He could. Like, obviously, they're not going to make him the Robbie E. character. I'm assuming he's saving that for if he ever gets released from WWE, he can go down to the indies. Because in TNA, here's the thing. He was the TV champion. He was the X Division champion. Him and Jesse Goddard won the tag belt twice. He won the Turkey Bowl in 2013 and 2016. He won the X Division Championship Tournament and the TNA World Cup. He won that. He's also the UWC United States Champion. So he won some belts in TNA. He was definitely a mid-card guy that, if he stayed, could have been a main eventer. Like, Robbie E to me is great. So I I, I know if they let him wrestle. Now, he's probably not going to go over against Braun Breaker. Definitely not. Because the problem is they have him relegated to manager status. So he may have to wrestle like a manager and be weak. But that bothers me because I know he can wrestle. Yeah, I know he can I know he too. can work. It was like when I saw – it was like when Roman Reigns wrestled Adam Pierce, mm. And Adam Pierce basically had to get knocked around the ring. It's like, this is Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. This guy can fucking wrestle and work. Like, they just brought in Magnus, Nick Aldis, to be the SmackDown GM. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him and Adam Pierce in a GM versus GM match. Because I know they could wrestle and tear the house down. I was looking at that. I was like, hey, it's Mickey, Mickey James' husband. Yes. They, they brought him into WWE, but they have him as a general manager because of his age. Yeah. But he could wrestle if they wanted him to. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he probably won't wrestle full-time. Just do, like, one-offs and shit. Yeah, true. With storylines. But anyway, that's what we can expect at Halloween Havoc. Yep. Robert Stone and Braun Breaker, and we'll see how they handle that. Rest in peace, Mr. Stone. Yes. And then we're going to move on to the main event of the evening, the number one contenders match with the winner to face Dragonop at night two of Halloween Havoc, Carmelo Hayes versus Dijak versus Baron Corbin. Did you pay attention to this at all? Parts of it. Parts of it. I mean, half the time we were looking up, it's like, is it over? It? All right, no, it's not that. All right, is it over? With? I mean, this was like the opening bout. This was one big bag of nothing. Big Mac's nuts. There was just too much shit going on, not to mention, I don't like triple threat matches. Neither do I. I mean, and, I mean, when they, uh, the, what did that? When uh, you saw the pair Sarson with Corbin and Dad Jackson, you see the teeny tiny little Carmelo Hayes. He was like, "Ah, oh, shit!" And then they try to go against, uh, try to team up on Carmelo Hayes, but then again, uh, Dad Jackson and Bear Corbin realized, "Hey, this is number one contender stuff for the main title. We don't need a team up." Back and forth, smack, smack, boom, boom, and all of a sudden, nothing but nothing. And the new one we can tell, Carmelo Hayes. I, I wish it was uh, Bear Corbin instead. Manny, your thoughts. Well, here's the thing. They were doing good until they realized one of them has to get the pin eventually. And that's how these things in triple threat matches work, is eventually at some point, the double team works until it's time to pin them because both men want to be champ. Now, obviously, it made sense because Carmelo's a smaller guy in the group, so it makes sense for Dijak and Baron Corbin to torture him, especially since Dijak and Corbin are heels and Carmelo's a babyface. So it works in that regard. Um, also, eventually they get rid of Hayes and get him out of the ring. And then Corbin and Dijak have their big man fight. Um, you know, Hayes tries to sneak in a double slingshot DDT. But Corbin and Dijak stop that. Corbin counters on the double DDT anyway. Um, eventually Hayes hits the first 48. Hayes goes up top. Corbin pulls Hayes off. Like, it was a great, you know, back and forth action. But what I love was when uh, Dijak goes for Feast Your Eyes. Corbin escapes at the end of days. Corbin, com- but then Mello comes in with nothing but net and pins 
uh, Dijak, one, two, three, Carmelo wins, which further adds to the speculation of Carmelo attacking Trick Williams. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get him out of the way so I can win this match and get my title back in two weeks. And hopefully we find that out. And like I said, I want what I, what I said to come to fruition. Mello wins at Halloween Havoc. And then Trick takes it from Mello at Deadline. There you go. Watch you be right. But also, you've been, you've been right before, but you've also been wrong before, too. I know. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean, I think Comel Hayes did do it, but uh, take out tra- Trick Williams. But I've been wrong before. So we were going to see what happens here soon there, folks. Well, yes, because the intriguing thing that I have is if Mello didn't take him out, who did and why? That's the thing. Now, they've teased these guys breaking up before, but never pulled the trigger. So they might not want to break these two up. But if you're looking to call up Mello soon... Breaking them up would be the most effective way to do it. And Because here's the thing. Trick Williams can always get called to the main roster, and they can reunite up there at some point. Yep. Hell, we just saw DIY get back together on Raw a while back. I did D- not see that. Yeah. Uh, Ciampa was getting attacked by uh, Imperium, and then Gargano came out, and they attacked, and then they did, the, they did their DIY finish, and then hugged, and now... They're officially back together. So it looks like they're going to start something with um, Imperium at some point. That'll be pretty cool to see. DIY become tag team champions if it ever happens. Yes. That'll be very good because uh, Choppa and Johnny work very good together in the ring. Yes, and I don't see them going for singles gold anytime no, soon. No, 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 no. It's no. just not going to work, So we and we need more tag teams. So it makes sense to put them in a tag team because they're better as a tag team than they are as singles guys. Yeah, and I love Choppa's <laughs> beard. Hope he never shaves it off. Well... We'll see. So, of course, after all this, we see Carmelo celebrating. Then Lyra Valkyra is backstage. She was watching the match. She then grabs a picture of her and Becky, tears it in half, and walks away, basically solidifying that she's taking Becky's advice, and I'm done fangirling out. I am done being, you know, excited. And now I want to beat her ass and win the title. And then as soon as she walks away, we see on the screen, we see Jade Cargill doing the thing with her watch, basically letting her know, tick-tock, time's almost up. Time's almost up. I'm, I'm eager to see Jay Cargill get in the ring, make her debut match. Maybe it'll be out one of the Halloween Havocs, but we'll see if it ever happens, sir. Well, yeah, because um, right now they're trying to tease where she's going to go, what she's going to do. I don't know if she's going to debut anytime soon. I think they're just doing this to keep her fresh in everyone's mind. I mean, who's her first um, uh, opponent's going to be? Yeah, well, I know that so far she's had a stare down with Charlotte Flair. So there's talk of her versus Charlotte, which I don't want to see. Because I'm worried they're going to feed her to the Nepo baby. Um, mm-hmm. Then, there, of course, she had a stare down with Becky Lynch at one point, too. So we could see the two of them lock up, whether it be in WWE or in NXT. Yeah. But the question is, how long before Jay Cargill's ready? Mm-hmm. Triple H said she's going to debut when she's ready, and he's all about being patient. He's not looking to rush anything. Triple H doesn't like the hot shot things. That's very true. Which is good and bad at the same time. There are some things that do take time, but there are other things where it's like, dude, don't wait too long. You're marinating this thing. Let's fucking get moving on the gas. I don't know if Jade Cargill needs to debut right away. I don't think she does. But I do know that it's something that people would want to see. And speaking of debuts, we also forgot one other thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad we saved it for last because mm-hmm. I definitely want to talk about this. There was a vignette, little backstage little vignette thing with um, Lexus King, who we now know as Brian Pillman Jr. changing his name. And he was showing clips of a, a DVD of Brian Pillman and everyone talking about how great he was. And he said, you know, everybody tells me how much they loved my father. Stone Cold, uh, Dusty. Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. He said, and I just smile and I give the traditional thank you answer. Yeah, I loved him too. 
But at four years old, you don't know what love is. He's basically, I, he has a point. Yeah, he said, I never knew that, man. He spent more nights in a hotel room than he did in my home. Which means he's, uh, this guy's going to be a heel when he comes, when he debuts. Yeah. He's going to be a heel. He said, I'm going to make my name better than his ever was. This is the start of my career, not the continuation of someone else's. I was very impressed with him with this. I was like, this is one of the very few things that's actually, I don't know, entertaining about the whole fucking car. And here's the thing about Lexus King. How much does he actually look like his dad? Very much like, <laughs> like his dad. Like his twin. Which should make sense. I mean, biologically, that is his son. But he's got a lot of the same look yeah. to it. And he he's goes, got his face. He's got his face. He's got his hair and everything else. Yes. And he said, my name is Lexus King. And then he says, Lexus King, Halloween Havoc next week. So next week, we're going to see him wrestle for the first yeah. time. Yeah. And obviously, he's done his fair share at live events. And if you do follow AEW, you've seen him work. The Varsity Blondes. Yeah, him and Griff Garrison with the Varsity Blondes. And they got screwed up too many times, too. Yeah, and I said before, I'll say it again. The dumbest thing, one of the dumbest things Tony Khan did was not capitalizing on him during the Brian Pillman Dark Side of the Ring series when that came out. It's like, you have his son, you could have easily pushed him to the moon, got him a mid-card title, did something. Mm-hmm. But instead, he just ignored it. Just had MJF cut a heelish promo on him and make fun of his mom and get him angry to fight him. But here's the thing, though. How much of this, and this is the the interesting thing about it, how much of this is actually a shoot and how much of it is a work is the question. That's a very good question. I don't know. Or maybe it's something where maybe he's gotten over those feelings, but he's kind of bringing them back to make this promo work. Because obviously... There's a part of him that has to feel that way. And on the one hand, you can't get mad at him for feeling that way. No, you can't. It's hard to get mad at a child of a wrestler for being angry and bitter over the fact that their dad wasn't around. That It's hard to, to have that mindset. You know, it's going to be like, look, you may have loved him being in that ring, but that doesn't mean that I have to love the fact that he left me, that I was left without a father to take care of me, that he died when I was four years old. I'd never met him. Which made sense. He goes, I'm using the last name King because that's the man who raised me. That's the man that took care of me. That's the only father I've ever known. And it's so damn good. They're presenting him like a star. Something AEW never did. And yes, they are using the Pillman aspect to get him noticed and kind of give him a little push. But they're not making him a carbon copy of Brian Pillman. That's why they're getting rid of the Brian Pillman Jr. aspect. They want him to be Lexus King and say, hey, I'm making this on my own merits, not on my father's. And here's the best part. If at some point down the road, once Lexus King has established himself and he's gotten there on his own merits and he's earned his spots and he's done it the right way and not the Charlotte way... When they turn him babyface, who knows? Maybe he'll go back to being Brian Pillman Jr. And maybe he'll use that as an opportunity to repent, you know? Because that's a key thing when you do a face turn or a heel turn is you have to either as a heel sell out every belief you ever had or as a babyface, you have to repent for your sins. So the babyface aspect could be, you know, I was angry at my father for never being around. I grew up without a dad. He cared more about the business than he did about me. And that's why I rejected him and why I was so angry and why I changed my name and why I've developed this angry side to me. But now I realize that even though my father wasn't around, 
he did love me. In fact, he loved me more than he loved his wives. <laughs> this is true. Brian Pillman was a shitty husband, but he was a fantastic father. That's true. You know, and he did the best he could to take care of me. And I still want to be on my own merits. Dad, and you look up and you look up at the heavens mm -hmm. when he says, Dad, I love you and I forgive you. And that, and if he can have the tears rolling down his face and he gets emotional about it, that would be a clap. That would be a face turn and he'd become a bona fide baby face. Just saying, hey, I love you, Dad, and I forgive you. Because that's what they always teach you. Whenever you're angry about the death of a relative or, or something like that, and, you know, or if somebody, they say, like, you know, the best way to heal from it is you got to let them go. You got to forgive and move on. Just say, hey, I forgive you. And the forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean, and this is the key thing about forgiveness they always tell you is, the forgiveness is not for the other person. The forgiveness is for you. Mm. Hey, just because I forgive you doesn't mean that I trust you, doesn't mean I want to work with you, doesn't mean that I want to be friends with you, doesn't even mean that I love you. It just means I'm letting go of the anger, I'm letting go of the hurt, I'm moving on, and I'm accepting that that was who you were. And when the day comes to turn Lexus King babyface, that's how they need to do it. But for now, I like where they're going yeah, with this. Yeah, I like where they're going with I this I love the fact that they're making him go on his own merits. And I love how he is presenting all of this. Yep. They are giving him a gimmick. They're making us aware, look, he is the son of Brian Pillman. But he is not in Brian Pillman's shadow. Mm. He is not doing this to carry on his father's legacy. I don't give a shit about his legacy. I'm building my own. And I'm doing it as Lexus King. Fucking beautiful. Beautiful. Learn a thing or two, Charlotte. And uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, thank you for taking time. Your busy schedule to join us. And uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. I don't have a choice, do I? You never do. Okay. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Booch Cast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the Mail Soap Opera Moment if you haven't already. We have our predictions for Fastlane. And be on the lookout for the recap of Fastlane coming soon. We're supposed to be taping the recap of WWE Fastlane later this week. So sometime next week, it should be on the Facebook page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified of future content will be posted. As I mentioned earlier, we were wrapping up some Dark Side of the Ring videos that we're doing. So we've got a plenty content coming out there. I'm Currently in the process of getting notes ready for Dark Side of 2000 so I can finish that up. And I recently recorded the Maria Bamford episode of Dark Side of Comedy with a special guest that I'm not going to reveal yet. It's a surprise. But you all are going to love it. And of course, you can also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November 25th for WWE Survivor Series. Um, as of right now, I believe I'm still going to WrestleCade. Um, Buff Bagwell uh, did talk to me um, earlier this week. So we're still we're back to talking again. We're back to working together again on certain things. But I don't know if I'm going to be traveling with him or not. Hopefully, I'll find out more on that later this week. But hopefully, I'll be going with him to WrestleCade on November 24th and 25th. That's why um, for this uh, Survivor Series watch party, I will not be in attendance because I will be at WrestleCade. Uh, you can come hang out with me and Buff at WrestleCade. We're in the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area. If you're not, you're going to check out Survivor Series. Make sure you join us on the Twitch channel. 
Also, we may or may not be doing the Halloween event. Uh, we did advertise doing a Halloween episode for night two, but Zach may or may not have to work that day since he's putting in more vacation hours. So if he doesn't show up, I'll be here on Halloween by myself and I'm not going to do Twitch. Or maybe I will. I don't know. Haven't decided yet. But we also have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, another special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Come support of the Boochcast, support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We get better content than Peacock anyway. And we have the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold the Peacock, you got to win to put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the Elite, we actually mm. care about our fans and dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes that we paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over. When it's all said and done, we use the recipe Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And we may also enroll him in some spelling classes based on what happened earlier on this show. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then... Pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.